if if they make it so you don't need to take the ACT, then why go to college? The phrase is student athlete, right? If the if the basketball thing doesn't pan out, you have the basis, like you have actual life skill. My my two cents on an unrelated topic. But yeah, I agree. Student athlete. <clears throat> student is the first part of that word. And so I feel like it they also need to they need to be a student. So that just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Solve that problem. Yeah. What's on up next? Global warm climate change, sorry, climate change. Climate not, change. Not global warming. PC culture. Gosh. The nerve. You know what I want to do with it? I can't say it on this podcast because we're family friendly. We are. Oh, yeah, we are. No. That's not it. Ah. There we go. They didn't ask us. Was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. Well, welcome to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am your host, Jay, and with me is my co-host, Alexander Hamilton. His name is Alexander Hamilton. I'm looking around to see if Lin-Manuel Miranda is actually like here for whatever reason. <laughs> like, If he just shows up out of nowhere, I'm going to probably faint. Surprise. But no, it's me. I'm John. Yes. How are y'all doing? It's nice to have him back. Reunited. And it feels so good. Oh, man. This is great. We're in the same room again. We're in the, the, in the studio. For the, yeah, we're back in the, back in the Spider-Man studio. Haven't seen each other, or seen each other, haven't been in the same room since, what, March? Probably thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, May? April? I don't know. What, what year is, is this? What time is relative. <laughs> Where are we? Who are you? I don't even know who I am. You know what, John? This is our final episode. Da-na-na-na. But yes, this is our final episode of the first season of They Didn't Ask Us. We're going to be reviewing Hamilton. It's just called Hamilton. We're just going to be sitting in here looking at $10 bills. Alexander Hamilton, he is the guy on the tin, and he was the main character in this play that we're going to be reviewing today that was on Disney+, Plus. still is on Disney+, Plus, and you can watch it now. Stream it from your living room. Pretty cool. It's a uh, play, Broadway play. It was recorded... Let's see. I've got the notes. And this just in. It is the real life of one of America's foremost founding fathers and first secretary of the treasury, Alexander Hamilton, captured live on Broadway from the Richard Rogers Theater with the original Broadway cast. But so it still doesn't say when. I think it was a... It was like 2015, 2016. That's what I was about to say. I think it was 2015. Because I remember when it first started coming out, it was a huge deal. All the artsy-fartsy folks were <laughs> they were pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I actually just re-watched um, the episode of SNL that Lin-Manuel Miranda hosted yeah. after, it, after his show blew up. And uh, it's still funny. I don't know. I enjoy him on other things, I think, more than I enjoyed him in, in the play. Amy's brother on Brooklyn Nine Nine for I think just one episode. Yeah, I but remember it's, it's that. such a funny role. Yeah, because you don't expect it, and then boom, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, so I like how he's just ubiquitous in pop culture now. 
Yeah, he's he's forever going to be the Hamilton guy. That's, yeah. Oh, that's the guy from Hamilton. Yep, that's right. But, of course, we will get into all of that later. First up, we always start with the news. Now, John, the first top of the news, we might end up being on this for the rest of the show. Because if you haven't heard the news yet, I know you're going to be super pumped. But you and I watched and reviewed the last season of the clone wars on Mm -hmm. disney plus one of those several of those episodes a batch if you will of those episodes (laughs) was called the bad batch or featured the bad batch batch please (laughs) i was waiting for i debated saying it because it (laughs) flirts with that line so much (laughs) i like it Yes, so the Bad Batch is getting their own show on Disney+. Plus. I'm fine with that, because they were really interesting characters that could, like, you could do more with them. But where's where's my Ahsoka show? <laughs> That's Say, my takeaway from that, is if they're going to put money in the Bad Batch, Ahsoka's a fan favorite character with a great arc there. I do have to wonder if she's going to make an appearance in it. I wouldn't think so. You don't think so? Not at all. Oh. You think she's done? Uh, It's not as much I think she's done as much as it is. I think they're going to limit her to bigger products. Mm. So, like, I I fully expect she has a role in Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah. And they wouldn't want to necessarily double dip. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Sure. So maybe um, they have the other clone characters overlap in Bad Batch a couple of times. Or are there any characters established who have had history with them before this final season ish now no is it gonna be well actually is it gonna be before the events of this season or is it gonna be after see they haven't really said there's no no real confirmation about what it is what direction they're gonna go just that it exists just that it's going to exist Mm. yes it's in the works my guess is either later next year or early 2022 that would be my... So right around when Corona's winding down. That was sad. Good gracious. <laughs> wah, wah. I would say my excitement is about a 5 out of 10. Okay. I'd say that's so, fair. So like, it's there, but I'm not like super pumped about it. My take on it is... See, okay, if we're putting a number scale on it, mine's at about a 3. Okay. Because, you know, I I said on this podcast that I did not like the Bad Batch episodes. I thought they were kind of pointless. Like, they didn't go anywhere exactly. I mean, we, we really just see the darker side of Anakin. We get to see these new characters that do not tie into the rest of the story at all. What if they become Darth, like, young Darth Vader's personal, like, attack squad? Oh, that would be so cool. That would cool. be cool. So it's a it's a darker show, yeah. Because it's like them and Anakin going around doing Sith things and like hunting down more Jedi. Yeah. Oh. So I don't think it would happen because it's too dark for Disney. Oh my goodness! Especially too dark for Disney animated. John. But because <laughs> you know because they were clones too, right? So would mm-hmm. they have had the same programming to turn on Jedi? I, I mean, I would expect them to. I it would just think might so be, too quirky Ooh, yeah i like that this. would be that would be fun that would be cool i'd be on board with that okay my excitement's a little bit more now <laughs> my mine's still five because that's probably not going to happen i think it's too dark for disney to try to pull off in an animated show no do you think they'll just do like more prequel kind, i don't kind of thing? because since there are no 
known characters you could bring into it to kind of tie it in because they themselves i don't think are strong enough to carry a show i mean not that we know of not that we know of but like who has enough of an attachment to um like what, what currently existing character could exist that you can take them away from other known plots because the characters we already know we know from them doing things in this time period yeah it's not like there's a season of clone wars when it's like, oh, yep, you know, uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka are just gone for this entire season. True. There might be, you know, an episode, like a series of episodes, mm-hmm. when it's focusing on one group of people at a time. I have a hard time believing that. So say there are, like, Anakin and Ahsoka-centered episodes, and Obi-Wan's not in them at all. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that at that same time, Obi-Wan could be doing these super secret, very intense and awesome <laughs> Uh, Chuck Norris-esque, if you will. There you go. Uh, like, just m- secret missions that are never talked about again. Okay. Because that's something you would be like, oh yeah, no, we can monetize this. Like, we could have sold action figures of these people ten years ago. I think it's going to be post this past season, and I genuinely hope it's after the fall. Now, the only complaint that I have with really all of this is that I'm getting tired of exploring these time periods that have, in my opinion, been way overexplored. So you mean like Clone Wars or the series or like the the time kind of between? The time between Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War. That time period between there, I feel like has been explored a lot. I would actually disagree in terms of like broad, like large scale mainstream Star Wars, because you have Rebels, but Rebels happens like right before it, right? So it's, there's there's a decent amount of time before that that you could explore. Yeah. Or Solo, which I thought was actually pretty underrated. It's not good. It's underrated because people yeah. think it's trash, and right. I think it's just bad. It's I don't f- think it's trash. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. I mean, I think a, a sequel to that would have been good. Yeah, or a series. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I think it would have been fun. Yeah. But I think there are plots to have, I think, a, a Clone Wars-specific plot. I'm kind of with you on that. It is overdone. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like a we're out of ideas, but we need to have content. Because, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of why I feel like the last season was too miniature series just kind of slammed together and i mean i would rather have like i said i'd rather have an ahsoka series all day because how does she get from clone wars to fulcrum i imagine that's probably addressed in the ahsoka book that i've heard is amazing but i can't force myself to sit down and read books i just can't i'll be interested to see no matter what i'll be interested to see what they do because i I think that it, it has potential especially if it goes the route that you said but We'll have to see what happens. This I sent to you earlier this week or or later last week. I can't remember. And I just said, what in the world are they even thinking right now? But the Batman with Robert Pattinson is getting a spinoff series coming to HBO Max. I absolutely hate it. Uh, Me too. It's It's not even out yet. Yeah. I, I saw it and I had, I tweeted it. Actually, I retweeted it with comment, which is one of my favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just, it seems so unnecessary to commit to a show before the movie comes out. Yeah. Because for all they know, this movie might completely fail. Yeah, no, it could crash and burn, and then they're on the hook for like, well, we said we were going to do this show. Like, now we, like, do we have egg on our face or do we have egg in our wallet? Like, (laughs) what do we do? 
what is going on? A DC has no idea what they're doing. I think it can work, but I think only if the movie works. Yes and no. But I that... think it I think it would be best for their show if the movie is good, but I think the the main risk for their show is is it going to just be another police procedural show just in a Batman universe? Well, cuz we had that. It was Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. We already had this. It was called Gotham. Yeah. It started out really well. I didn't even finish it. I I, f- I watched the first two seasons and that was it because then it was like so much was happening. It's like they got too excited or something. I don't know. And just started throwing everything. Ah, the Spider-Man 3 syndrome. Yes. You try to slam too much into one thing. Uh-huh. That's exactly Thank you. Yeah, so I don't know about that. Now, speaking of streaming services, Peacock, the NBC streaming service, is out now. Mm-hmm. And the better news, it's free. I would assume for now. Uh, I would I assume know. for now. I'm. This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking free, and then what they'll do is they'll make some exclusive content that's only you, you Peacock pay for. Plus. Pe- yeah. So my my experience with NBC with this, I'm a huge uh, soccer nut. I love watching Premier League. Okay. Yeah. And NBC and NBC Sports has the uh, U.S. contract for the Premier League. And when they first got it, they just showed every game on NBCSN or CNBC, one of their affiliate channels. They just showed them all for free. And then over time, I think they were like, oh, this is a lot more popular than we thought it would be. Uh, We're going to only show, like, three games for free, and then we're going to have this thing called NBC Sports Gold, where Mm. you can watch them all. (laughs) And... They, they kind of did that same thing with Peacock this week, because Peacock released on the 15th, and they like promoted the heck out of it on their soccer coverage. They said, you know, all of our games, all of our commentaries and everything are going to be free on Peacock. They're not going to be on NBCSN. And um, I was at work, because they happened during the day, and I, was, I texted a friend of mine that night. I was like, hey, you know, did you watch the game? Uh, how was Peacock? Whatever. It buffered a lot. Uh, so it might be a day one everybody's using it and they just weren't ready for the volume probably but i mean it's just something to keep an eye on because he said the audio would keep going but the video would cut out i was like well that's not what you want watching a live sporting event no definitely not so i don't know i um the only thing that i would get peacock for this exact second is uh psych 2 lassie come home there we go and i never even saw the first psych movie I, I don't either. even know that I watched the last season, to be honest with you. It wasn't very good. Because it just, kind of like Gotham, it was great. It was my favorite show, the first probably like four seasons, and then it just ran out of ideas. It did. So. It it was, the last season was, the first episode was the musical episode. Did you see that one? I remember hearing about it, and I think that might have been like, yeah, I'm out. I don't really, I don't really care for that. Well, they had said that the actors that are in it had said that they had wanted to do that for years. I believe it. And they never got the chance to, so then they were able to do it. They gave him permission, and it was pretty good. But like I said, that last season was just not the best. Now I don't know if the movie was any good. They got a second one, so either it was really good or they were just like, yeah, sure, why not. Well, and it's not like, you know, those actors were hurting. No. Like, the the guy who plays Lassie, Timoth- Timothy Amundsen, 
is on This Is Us. He is. James Roday, uh, James Roday Rodriguez. I've heard he is uh, going by his full name now. He's trying to bring all that back, embrace his heritage. There you go. More power to him. He was on a show. I never watched it, but I was like, oh, that's James Roday. And Dulé, Dulé Hill is on something, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's been on various things. I mean, I think one of the roles that he's most known for was The West Wing, which I... One of your favorite shows. One of my favorite shows, yes. Love that show. Thank you, Shay, for that. (laughs) (laughs) He introduced me to it. Indiana Jones. This has been a sore topic. I know. This again. Well, I I like talking about it because it's one of those things where... The rumor just keeps going and going, and you're like, when is this actually going to happen? And the answer is probably never, but they're going to keep talking about it anyway. But Indiana Jones 5 rumor is that it will resume filming soon, now being released in 2022, and rumor has it that Mark Hamill is going to be the villain. The only thing I would love (laughs) about that, if all of that is true, I would love Mark Hamill to be playing himself, but he's like an eccentric... Uh, memorabilia collector and one of the pieces just happens to be like super important historically and he's like no it's mine and he's just like a jerk about it and so he's just playing mark hamill yes that would be really that would be i would be all about that but that's like some seth MacFarlane blue harvest material like that's not that's not feature film material the only problem i have with this keep putting it off thing is I'm not saying that Harrison Ford is going to die soon, but he's not getting any younger. And they keep putting it off, and Bailey is about to knock over a box. My son has a giant box in his room that his grandmother brought him, and the cat was trying to knock it over. (laughs) As a cat would do. Of course. Except this box might crush him. So yeah, he's not getting any younger. But uh, just stop. Yeah, it's one thing to to Spider-Man this, right? And just reboot 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 that's that's a different ballgame it's a different conversation sure but if you were going to do something like that with harrison ford playing a part you're on the clock there's only so many times he can land a plane on the highway before (laughs) it's not gonna happen (laughs) yeah so i saw speaking of spider-man and uh thereby tom holland uh, I saw that filming on Uncharted has has started. I saw that too. He tweeted a picture of uh, one of those little actor chairs that skinny people sit in, uh, and it said Nate. And I was like, I'm actually not on. I, I love Tom Holland. I think he's a wonderful, like he's an incredibly talented actor. Uh, from everything I've heard, good human being. But I don't see him as um, Nathan Drake at all. You don't see I that. Don't. Not even no. young Drake. It's just, they just need Nathan Fillion 20 years ago when he could actually, like, play the role. I could see that. That Like, when I play the games, that's who I imagine it is, hmm. is Fillion. I mean, it's not necessarily a slight at Tom Holland as much as it is, like, I'm sure there's someone that would be more, that, that would be closer to the source material. What's Stephen Amell's brother's name? Robbie. He would be a good Nathan He's Drake. He's too pretty to me. Like, because Nathan Drake is, like, dirty and grimy and, like... I've been in this jungle for three months. Robbie Amell does not give me that look. What about Steven? I think he could, but I think he would want to get away from being typecast. Having played a comic book character for so long and then to be a video game character, I think would pigeonhole him in a way he would not want. You really think so? Yes. Because, I mean, he can already make the the con circuit for the rest of his life. That's, yeah. So, there's no sense in doing that for two things. 
Speaking of superheroes that are doing other things now, one of my favorite superheroes, Superman. I saw that Henry Cavill uh, built a computer. That's what I was gonna say. And I mean, since I since I recently built my computer, that's things I'm like that's the type of thing I'm super interested in. People who who build their own computers and the type of specs that they have, and obviously he could afford every top of the line component. I just I just really like him. I do too. He just seems like such a down to earth kind of guy he just seems like a nerd yeah who made it yeah like, <laughs> like he's he's fit he's a famous actor he's british he's sure <laughs> that too yeah so he's got he's got a lot going for him and then he's also got this awesome computer yeah and he's a gamer like i almost want to message him directly and say what games do you play dude he could he could live on twitch i have zero doubt Oh, yeah. Even if he's not the best player, he'd be like, I'm Henry Cavill, and be like, all right, yeah, sub. Kind of jumping to the streaming services again, uh, just thinking of Netflix, this Project Power, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Have you not seen this? No. So apparently there's this new movie that's released now on Netflix, Project Power, and they take a pill, and it gives them superpowers for five minutes. And nobody knows what their superpower is going to be until after they take the pill. But that once they awful. once they have taken the pill, then every time they take it, that's the superpower that they okay. have. Okay, so got it's you. almost like you've got something locked inside of you, and the pill unlocks. And the pill it. unlocks it. Okay. And so everybody's got something different. It looks like it could be kind of cool, especially because then it's like nobody is truly invincible. Yeah. Because even if you are invincible. After five minutes, you're not. See, but what if you found a way to, like... I assume it's a capsule, right? Yeah. So you could just take it apart, and it's a liquid base. Well, the, it, so what it looks like is you, you, like... It looks like a normal pill, and then you twist it, and it activates it. And when you twist it, it, like, glows and stuff, and then they take it. Okay. Because I was thinking, what if you just took a lot of them at once and diluted it in some water to make it work for, like, an hour? Yeah, but would you overdose? Could it kill you, potentially? Potentially. If, if you did it wrong, yes. But I'm glad you, ex- you you clarified that you don't know what it is the first time, but after the first time, you, you that's what you get every time. Yeah. Because my immediate thought, what if you were banking on this to like commit a crime or something? And you were like, all right, you know, to do this, I have to have super speed. And then you get it and you're like, I'm invisible. Which is helpful, but not how I had planned this entire heist. <laughs> right. Like... Yeah. Like Ocean's Eleven, but you needed to have super speed and you can fly. Well, that's kind of the, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the idea. And so there's actually several people that will take it. They have no idea what their power is going to be and something really bad happens. How do you, how do you figure it out either? Like, does something in your subconscious tell you, like, you can fly now? Or do you have to, like, jump off of something? You're like, oh, nope, well, I didn't get the power of flight, but... I'm not dead. Like, <laughs> how does it work? Do you just start running and you're like, nope, still running same speed. Like, yeah, I don't know. I have questions. There are questions and hopefully we will get answers. So has it released or I, is it just planned? You know, I haven't officially looked it up to see if it's actually out yet, but the trailers are out. So it might be one of those things that's coming soon. Okay. But, uh, looks like it, it has the potential to be cool. Maybe Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and there's a w- woman in there too, and I I can't remember who it is. 
Jack Whitehall has a new special coming. That's exciting. Are you on Netflix right now? I am. I'm scrolling through their coming soon menu, hoping it's there. Uh, but so far, I don't see it. Ah. So either it's not coming as fast as these other things, or it's already out. And then last but not least, The Boys Season 2 is, is being released in September. Definitely not a family-friendly show at all. At all all don't let your kids watch that i mean even i had a hard time sitting through it i was like gross but it's the idea of you know we 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 have superpowers in comics and tv shows and movies and we think oh how cool would it be to to have superpowers but what the boys what it the question that it asks is okay yeah what if superpowers actually were real and the damage that superheroes could do because these powers are actually real so it kind of looks at yeah superheroes are cool but there's a lot of bad stuff that really goes with it too did you watch the first season i have neither watched nor read the boys okay i haven't read it either but i did watch it and like i said it was it's very pay cable it was hard to (laughs) yeah it was hard to get through but good storytelling i believe it i will say that well that's it that's all that i got for news did you have anything else? I don't really have a whole lot because, I mean, most of the stuff that I do is video game news and most of it's not topical by the time episodes come out because the, the way news cycles work. Sure. So, not a not a whole lot. COD 2020 has not been, re- like, revealed yet hmm. officially. So, you know, everyone's just kind of twiddling their thumbs about that. This was something interesting. Nintendo has been very hush-hush about the stuff that they're going to be releasing and... Just recently, there was a leak. GameStop had a whole bunch of stuff in their inventory that was priced at full price. They were new video games being released by Nintendo, but there was no description at all of these games. Hmm. And so either it's going to be a surprise release and they haven't told anybody, or it was a huge glitch in the computer. I mean, it could be both. I have a hard time seeing... Uh, remasters as full price games unless it's something like um like master chief collection for halo where um the master chief collection now has one two three and i think it's planned to have like reach odst four um like it's supposed to have like five or six games in it by the time it is quote-unquote finished wow so like that obviously is still like 60 dollars worth of content but if you're just going to remaster like Metroid Prime right from GameCube to Switch, that's not a full price game. No. So, I don't know. One of I follow a um, a friend, well, I follow a friend of mine on Twitter and he does a lot of like Nintendo-based content for YouTube and he's really really hoping there is some type of new Metroid game cuz there hasn't been one since Metroid Prime on the GameCube. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've said they're going to they're making a Metroid 4. Uh, and it was going to be released sooner, but then Nintendo was actually very upset with the studio that was designing it and said that they weren't doing a very good job. And so they scrapped it and said, no, we're going to start over from scratch because we want to give the fans what they deserve. And so the, it's been delayed by, I think, another year or so before it comes out. Mm. So, hope it was worth it. That's some, that's some cyberpunk type of delays right there. Yeah. That game keeps getting pushed back. I hope it actually comes out. It's supposed to come out, I think, in November of this year. And it's by the same studio that did Witcher 3. Oh, okay. So everyone has super, super high expectations for it. 
Yeah. And I just hope it releases. <laughs> yeah. Well, they keep pushing it back this much. Hopefully it does. I guess they're waiting for the holiday season to, to have a better I imagine turnout, they had maybe. finishing touches Yeah, that, that COVID kind of killed. So Thanks, COVID. Right. All right. Well, on to the main event then. All right. Uh, so we did Hamilton. Streaming on Disney Plus, said that earlier, but sink or swim, here we go. Hamilton, let's see, quick summary. Did you ever pay attention in history class? Probably not. Actually, you know, funny thing is, is I don't really remember learning a lot about Alexander Hamilton, to be honest. I feel like you don't unless you take, like, specialized classes. Yeah. So, like, I remember learning a little bit about his time... With, as Secretary of the Treasury, and it was either my U.S. history or my um, government class in high school. But even then, it was like a 10-minute, like, yeah, this is some stuff Alexander Hamilton did, but now back to, like, George Washington and stuff, like people that you commonly hear about. So I think it's really interesting, because it's not like he's a, a minor character historically. No, he played a major role. Yeah. He was the secretary to George Washington for a while, and then became Secretary of Treasury, and he was a genius. I mean, he was a very smart man. He was doing the bookkeeping for a major trading company by the age of 14. He never had a father. His mother raised him and then died when he was very young in a hurricane. He lived in Jamaica. And then the people in his town, his village, raised enough money to send him to the U.S., it's it's really it's a cool story, uh, and you the best part is is that you learn all of this in Hamilton in song <laughs> in song that's right because <laughs> the whole thing is just one big song. So you laugh. It did kind of feel like that. No, it it did. There was not. No, 100%. I was expecting more lulls between musical numbers, and right. they're just like, all right, uh, you know, we're gonna say about three words, and then boom, song. Or if they said more than like if they said a few lines. They rhymed with each other. There was a lot of times where they finished each other's... Sandwiches. Yes. So, should we talk about maybe the cast? Jonathan Groff was King George, which was probably my favorite character in the whole play. I I mean, I enjoyed the king, but I feel like a lot of the enjoyment with the king is a lot of the reason people laugh at the jokes on sitcoms is because of the laugh track. Like, it's when everyone else laughed. Ah. So, like, in a vacuum... I don't know that I would have thought he was funny. Huh. Like, I would have enjoyed him, but I wouldn't have, like, belly laughed. Yeah, would you have, like, at least chuckled? Absolutely. Okay. But the power of suggestion, I feel like, makes you overrate Hmm. the comedy there. Good observation. That could be me being me. I don't know. (laughs) You be you, John. You you like what you like. Don't be anybody else. Uh, Chris Jackson was George Washington. And then, of course, Alexander Hamilton was played by uh, Lin-Manuel... Is it Miranda? That's how I've I've just called him, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, Now, he was was in Mary Poppins' Returns. Did you ever see that? I did not. But But I imagine he was in Mary Poppins' Returns largely to capitalize on his fame from Hamilton. I don't know. Maybe. That's what what I would think. Probably. Um, Chris Jackson, who played George Washington, you probably remember him from Moana. He was the chief... You never saw Moana. I've never seen Moana. Oh, get out of here. There's It's Moana, and there's another one that I've never seen that I want to. Um, Coco. 
Oh, you never saw Coco either? I have seen neither of those. Oh my goodness. Because it's not something I'm going to just like sit down and watch by myself. Meg and I, my wife and I have this incredible schedule to where each of us has something every night, but we never have the same free night. So like we sat down to watch Hamilton Monday night and I just, I mean, I canceled a Twitch stream because I was like, I need to do this and I want to do this. Like, you know, priorities exist. So, you know, I I created that time to spend with my wife and watch this thing. She watched it for the third time because she watched it twice without me. (laughs) Uh, Not that I'm bitter. I'm definitely bitter. But yeah, I I just don't sit down to watch Disney movies for fun. So maybe you've seen Frozen. I did, actually. Okay, well, Jonathan Groff is in that. I saw the first Frozen movie, actually, also with my wife. Uh, We were in... uh, We were with my parents, actually. And my mom was like, hey, do you want to go see a movie? And I was like, sure. And, and her and my sister both were like, we could go see Frozen. And I was like, or we could not. And they were like, we already have tickets. <laughs> so I was like, I so guess I'm going, going to, to Frozen. see Frozen. <laughs> and I mean, it was good. It didn't take over my life. So, you know, I'm not an eight-year-old girl. Well, he's also in Mindhunter on Netflix, which is a show that I really enjoy. That's a very different role from Frozen and Moana. But let me tell you something. He nails the part. Like, he does such a good job. So that's why when I saw him on stage as King George, I thought, wow, this guy, he can do just about anything. Like, he plays uh, Hans. Hans? No. Who's the character in Frozen that he plays? The evil one? No, he didn't play the evil one. He plays the boyfriend. Of, of Anna. Oh, what's his name? I don't know. Christoph. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think there's going to be little girls that are listening to this that will probably be upset about it. But anyway. There should be that one 45-year-old man in the Frozen fandom. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know. How dare you. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. he So he plays that role, and then he also plays Mindhunter, and then he played King George. So I was like, wow, this guy is just... He can... He can Go all over the place. Uh, now, there are various other... I tried to look up each person to see what do I know them from. Most of the people that I had heard of, I had heard of from Hamilton. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda is famous from Hamilton, but, like, Leslie Odom Jr., I, n- I had never heard of before Hamilton, but after the show, he would, like, I think he sung the National Anthem or America the Beautiful at, I want to say, like, a Super Bowl I'd heard of David Diggs just from everyone who had watched Hamilton and been like, he's the best one. Oh, what is her name? The the woman who plays Eliza. Like Philippa Sue or something. She was really, really good. But again, I've only heard of her from Hamilton. Uh, Philippa Sue or Sue? I don't know. I don't know how to I'm probably her. butchering her name. I'm terrible I at pronunciations. I am too. But I say them with like stereotypical American confidence. <laughs> so it's like... I'm saying this wrong, and you're like, yeah, you are, but you don't care, do you? And I was like, no, I care a little bit, but like, if I say it wrong <laughs> with confidence, I feel like that's better than saying it wrong hesitantly. I guess so. At least your confidence and your arrogance, right? Well, when you say it that way, <laughs> daggum! Oh, man. But yeah, it. Um, but I don't know, everybody played pretty good, but I think the best way to describe this movie is exactly how Disney Plus describes it on the, on the little description. It just says American history told by today's America. And I was like, yeah, that's that's just about right. Because the music is, is unlike what you would hear during that time. Uh, even the cast. You can't I mean, prove that. You well, can't prove that Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton didn't have rap battles. <laughs> 
that was probably one of my favorite parts of this whole It was absolutely my favorite part. Oh, it was great. It was the rap battle. Oh, hey, Bailey. How are you, bud? Oh, is he going to snuggle with you? Apparently. This film, this play, what I was going to say was is the cast, especially, you know, these historical figures were white, but the cast is not. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the cast are, but it's a, it's a whole mixture. So the cast was great. The play was great. I thought it was pretty good. I personally only enjoyed... Like, I enjoyed the first hour of it a lot. And then it got kind of slow. And I didn't care too much about it all that much. But then the last, like, 40 minutes were really good. I So there's like an hour in there that yeah. I didn't really care for. That was So that was my first thought because I, I queued it up. And it's two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Which is 140 minutes, and it's longer than your average blockbuster. So the average blockbuster, in my opinion, is somewhere in the neighborhood of two hours. So that was my first thing, was it's longer than I expected it to be, for whatever reason. I don't know why I expected it to be shorter. Um, I've been to plays before, and when you're sitting in the crowd, or the audience, the crowd, the audience of a play, time is so different, because you can be in there for three hours and feel like you blinked and it's gone. And that aspect of viewership is completely negated sitting at home watching it on your couch. I agree. And like you were saying, there is kind of a lull in the middle. For me, the lull was not necessarily that long, but it was noticeable. When there's a lull like that, you're just like, you get to thinking like, oh, there are so many other things I need to be doing. Like, you know, I need to do X, Y, or Z for my job. Or, you know, I need to do this around the house. But it starts off so good, and it ends so well. And I think the only thing that kept me hyper-interested in the middle is the fact that, like, Alexander Hamilton is a very important historical figure that you don't really know anything about. Like, for instance, I did not know that Alexander Hamilton was in what is widely regarded as the first political sex scandal yes that is 100 percent true and then so he gets accused of like embezzling money to pay off this blackmailing husband of the woman he was cheating on and or cheating with sorry like i didn't know any of that was real but it was all real and instead of like cowering to the to the demands of like oh no i'm sorry he just kept his receipts and he goes nope i paid them off here for my personal money expose me I don't care. And it was this, I imagine it was this huge scandal. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine, imagine, like, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, but, like, 200 years before. Yeah. <laughs> Just blow that up. Like, that's, that's something I kind of wish I could see. Mm-hmm. Is just the reaction then for that compared to what the reaction for stuff is today. I also think, um, going back to your comment on the, uh, diversity of the cast, like you said, all of these historical figures are, are white, or at least they're known to be white. No one can really know, like fully know their ethnic background. They didn't have 23 and me <laughs> right. in the 1700s. Right. So, I actually really like that aspect of it of of how they created this play because not only does it make it theoretically, theoretically um, more accessible to more groups of people, right? It make it it gives it a different perspective. Mhm. Because when Hamilton came out and it was this wild success on Broadway, there was a cover album 
made by incredibly popular artists would cover songs from Hamilton. They called it Hamilton the Mixtape. I mean, I think that charted like Billboard album sales. I was like, no, this is a super, super popular album of covers. And like, that's another, like it just, it makes the arts so much more accessible because it's like, you know, you see the impact this can have if you do it. And if, if Lin-Manuel Miranda had never done this, then like on a broad scale, the the impact on the demographics of the arts would be entirely different. So that was like, it's really meta, but that's one of my main takeaways from Hamilton for sure. I liked how it was a story about a man who started at a very low point. His start, he was not wealthy. He was not rich you know he didn't have stuff handed to him he was a very intelligent man who worked really hard really hard to get to the successes that he had and to me that's a classic american story yeah because that's what america historically is all about is about people coming here and working really hard to make something and to become successful. And so I like, I loved that part about the story because he did, man. I mean, that that's one, there's a whole like seven minute song about him writing like he's running out of time. It's just because that he, that's how his mind worked. He had to, he wanted to do something. He wanted to leave his mark. And so he was just constantly doing, going, getting it done he was putting off relationships and his family so that he could get stuff done i I don't know i really liked it but but at the same time i mean on the other side of that coin at what cost because i mean you you burn the candle at both ends you fly too close to the sun they did compare him to icarus at one time at one point yeah and that that would not i don't think that was a false comparison yeah especially in the the context that was given in the show which is another thing to be aware of. It's not going to be 100% historically accurate. No, of course no- nothing not. Nothing is. Mm-hmm. So, grain of salt, everything. But it's pretty darn close. I, I enjoyed it very much. Now, as far as the ratings go, because I know we are family-oriented, so as far as the ratings go, it's rated PG-13. <laughs> Personally, oh, man. I would say that's probably accurate, but I would definitely wait. For parents out there, I would wait for your child personally. I wouldn't want my child to see this until he's about 12 or 13 years old, just because of the maturity. Well, at the same time, as someone without a kid, I feel like it's something you can't really comprehend or appreciate until you get to around that age anyway. So by the time you're able to... yeah. By the time you're able to, you know, understand the 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 nature of, you know, this is kind of the good content, this is bad content. By the time you can make that distinction, you're going to be more able to appreciate, you know, more thematic material. I, one thing I appreciated about it being PG-13, I'm very staunchly anti-censorship as a rule. Um, but I saw Lin-Manuel Miranda tweeted about it. He said, originally there are three F-words in this play. And um, to be PG-13, which was very important to him, to, to get this broadcast, he wanted it to be PG-13 to make it more accessible. So he said he took two of them out. And he said, obviously, if you've seen the show, if you've heard the show, you know they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, what I did was I literally gave two Fs so people would watch this show. <laughs> now, one of them, one of them, I think they just cut out. Because I noticed there was one part where there was like 
a little skip yeah in the dialogue yeah. no there's there's one and then still there's in there. one that is just completely bleeped like there's an actual audible burp that comes in yeah um, no, there's there's one still in there and truthfully for I the life it. of me yeah no i didn't know where it was <laughs> I was listening for it. I was too. And I still didn't know where it was. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got that going for it. Yeah. So, obviously, he, it was, it's, it's probably one of those parts where they're talking so fast that you're really just kind of getting like the, the main points that they're saying and not all the little things in between. Which is not the one I would have kept. Like, if you told me I get one, then I'm going to make it count. Like, <laughs> that's one running gag they've had with if they ever make a new Deadpool movie is to keep it PG-13, to just give one in the And they movie, would waste it. It'd be and, amazing. And, and not give it to Deadpool and give it to somebody else and then have him get upset because he didn't get to use it. Oh, that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, that would be really funny. If they just deliberately wasted it like during the credits and he's just like, oh, but they censored it because it was the only one they could have. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's see. I really don't, I don't really know how to summarize this this one because normally that's what we do like yeah. we'll we'll summarize it but because there's just so much that happens and because it's just so historical it's kind of hard to summarize i i'm gonna give it a go you're gonna give it a go but All not right. spoilers i'm gonna go general. spoiler i'm gonna go general okay um i would i would call hamilton a broadway musical based on the rise and fall of a revolutionary era politician from the war to his death, which that's not a spoiler. He's been dead for 200 years. From the, from the <laughs> war to his death, the relationships that he made with his friends and his enemies in song. In song. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go into this expecting it to be a drama and they're like, oh, but they're singing. Like, no, it's a, it's a musical. Yeah. Oh, is it, man? It, the whole time. Which you, you That kind of shocked that. me. Think about this is this was one of my other takeaways. Just again, it's very meta. It's not related to to the to Hamilton specifically. It's just have you ever like driven? So my my parents live around two and a half or three hours away, depending on traffic or you know how much gas I have in my car. Um, <laughs> they live around that that length of time away. And this this show, as we established, is just under two and a half hours long. And these people sing dance some of them almost non-stop because no one's in every song i don't think I don't except know. like the ensemble the ensemble typically the is. ensemble yeah but like with limited breaks they're singing and dancing holding notes that i mean i don't know about you i can't so like if i'm singing along to this in my car there's just some verses that i'm just like you do you like i can't do that like that's impressive in and of itself just the extreme talent that all of these people have. Like I feel like we should we should acknowledge that and not take away from it initially. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to be real critical about it, that bar is set up here. It is. It's high. It's not like that bar is already like a 9.5 out of 10 is the lowest that their performances are. Yeah. Compared to the average everyday person. Now that being said, I heard a lot of people say that Lin-Manuel Miranda himself is the weakest voice in the entire show. That's it. That's what I was going to say. And, I mean, I didn't notice it. Because it, uh, it was my first viewing. I so It stuck out to me not 
too far into it. He, his performance, I feel like, was not very good. Um, now, that being said... Again, in the context of... I mean, it's totally better than mine. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I get that, and I can see it. But I wonder, for me, if that's not, you know, part of it, part of it, part of it, is being the creator. You think right? so? So it's seeing your to that point life's work yeah realized because hmm. i kind of noticed it in the opening song but i wasn't sure if that was like not necessarily stage fright because at that level you don't have that no right you don't make it to well elite level broadway performer and having that level of stage fright at least not visibly on stage yeah yeah so i would i could think it'd be almost like a like a sense of pride or accomplishment. Oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. This is real. This is happening. Or it could also be seen as overconfidence too. Maybe thinking, I'm I've rocking, got this because this. Yeah. I wrote this. I did this. This is my thing. And maybe he was just... I mean, I don't know the guy. So and and I would be interested too because, you know, performances could be different. Night to night. Right, exactly. So maybe that was an off night for him. You know, I'm sure others may have done differently. Now, the only other thing was the slow parts. That's the only other complaint I have. But I did want to get to who, which characters do you think did the best? Because I have a few favorites, and I, I wanted to see what yours were. I really enjoyed um, Marquis de Lafayette the most, I think. I really enjoyed Hamilton. I thought he was really good, mainly because he's the main character, so you see him the most. Sure. Like I said, the, uh, Philippa Sue, the woman who was Eliza, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. Um, and that was his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the wife. I, I enjoyed David Diggs as, as Lafayette more than I enjoyed Jefferson, mainly because like, I just didn't like seeing Jefferson be that much of a jerk. I liked Jefferson. Like, see, so I don't I'm... know. He's gotten so much bad press the past like 10 years. Like, I don't think he needed that on top of it. <laughs> See, I, I really liked Jefferson, Monroe. I thought it was Madison. Or Madison. That's what I meant. Okay. Uh, I was like... The... Jefferson, Madison. Um, I thought George Washington did... I thought he was done well. ...an excellent job. That's about it. Even the son did really good, too. Whoever played his son... See, that was a weird but suspension of disbelief now, for me. The the part where they say, oh, he just turned nine years old... Uh, I was just, no, no, that kid is clearly so, not nine years old. Right. So to, to clarify, the actors, or the performers, I guess, they're more than actors, um, who portrayed they're artists. Hamilton's son. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far. Because um, that just sounds like bougie almost. Like, we are artists. <laughs> uh, but the, act, the, the performers who were Hamilton's son, Jefferson... And Madison, in the second half of the play, all had different roles in the first half of the play. And the one that the one that I struggled with the most was Hamilton's son. Like you were saying, part of it is because like he's obviously not nine years old, right? Yeah, very clearly um, not nine. And even as the story goes on, obviously he ages. But it was still like, no, that's that's the same guy from earlier. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't enough change as there was with. The other two, the other two multi-character actors. Yeah. Well, I guess the other three because the the woman he cheats with, Mrs. Reynolds, 
was the third Skylar sister as well. But I think she was just in like one song for half of the song and then second half of the play, key character. Well, and they, they changed her enough to where you could tell that it was definitely a different character. In the same way that they did with Jefferson. Yeah. You know, he took his hair out of the bun and then his hair was just kind of all over the place. Uh, and so it was very obvious that that was a different... So that part was good, but I I liked the I thought the 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 guy who played his son, which I I don't know who that was. Yeah, you can look through I'll the look. list. I don't think that I don't think everybody's on there. But anyway, I thought he he did a pretty good job, especially the second half. Uh, Anthony Ramos. Yes. Uh, Philip Hamilton. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, overall, uh, pretty good movie. Um, I guess we should put it on a scale, but I don't know enough I will, musicals. I will say one one other thing that my, my wife pointed out multiple times sure uh, and again this is her having seen it more times than me i'm not bitter she the the stage moves i don't oh, know, that I don't was know cool. how much you know that you caught that or not the stage rotated it did and i loved so, it <laughs> like i talked about the the how impressive it is to know the songs and the choreography and be able to do that night after night after night Imagine having to learn your cues on a moving stage. Yeah, and then somebody's got to control that thing. And oh man, what if they messed up? <laughs> Someone's up there, it's like a turntable. This <laughs> Hamilton, the remix. <laughs> that was cool though. I liked the rotating stage. It was neat. It was a cool part of it. And it worked really well in a yeah. lot of parts. I also don't know a lot of musicals, especially as they came out. So like their their cultural impact... I don't know how to how to account for. And I don't really know if you can put this on a scale of musicals or more of just Broadway plays. Because it, to me, even as far as like musical goes, I don't think I've ever seen a musical where it was truly music through the entire thing. They sang the entire time. Yeah. I thought think, about like, giving us a challenge and try to do that through this whole episode. Nope. <laughs> No one wants to hear that. No. No one wants to hear that at all. I'm surprised people hearing... Like, have you ever heard your own voice, like, played back, and you're like, I, I sound like that? <laughs> like, that's not what I sound like. And then you hear it, and you're like, oh, God, why do people listen to me? When I first started doing radio, I thought that, yeah. Yeah. It took a little bit to get used There's to. A, there is a disconnect that you have to you have to turn off. Yeah. I, like, I have this... I don't want to give anything a 10. I don't. But in terms of it, it like Hamilton in a vacuum is very good. It didn't like change my life or anything. Like I was kind of hoping it would, to be honest with you. Well, it's been praised so much. It's been hyped and hyped and hyped for three or four years. But I don't think we ever figured out when it came out. But I was Um, pleased that it wasn't overhyped. Like the hype was real. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, And worthy of the hype. And... Well, and for the thing that I'm trying to do also is take into account the cultural impact. Oh, yeah. So, like, Phantom came out and was wildly successful, and Cats, as a musical, was incredibly successful. I can't imagine either of those having the broad impact that Hamilton did. Like, more so than more so than Hamilton as a, as a play, that is my takeaway. Because, I mean, there's someone I've, I've seen on Facebook... Uh, I think it's like her kid or her grandkid or, or whatever. He wakes up, he watches Hamilton, he plays video games with his friends, he watches Hamilton again, and he goes to bed. Like, that's just what his life has been since Hamilton has come out. Wow. Like, how do you account for that in, in some type of rating scale? Like, that, that type of culture... Like, it is 
changing his life as a teenager. Maybe not to the extent like, I'm going to New York to be in plays. It's changed the way he thinks on some level. Yeah. I hate doing it. I think I am probably going to give it a 10. Wow. Okay. Might be John's only one and only 10. I I, I feel like I've betrayed myself (laughs) to do that. But like you said, it's hyped. But it's not overhyped. No, it's It's not. It's very good. It is very good. So to me, I do know that it... It's changed a lot of things culturally, and I get all that, but I am going to be critical about it. And I'm not going to give it a 10, but I am going to give it a... believe I'm going to go ahead and give it a 9. And the only reason I'm not going to give it a 10 was because I do think that Hamilton, the character, could have been portrayed a little bit better. But that's it. That's my only... That's my only complaint, really. Yeah, this was a. It, it was definitely out of our normal. Uh, I would say it was definitely a weird thing to end everything on, like to make this the season finale was yeah. a little different. But at the same time, different is good, and it was nice to to see it. I mean, you know, honestly, if it hadn't been for the show, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Really? To tell you the truth, no. I absolutely would have watched it. My sister-in-law. Like I mean, they they named their cat Hamilton. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for plays. I mean, I wanted to um, I wanted to see it when it came local last year, but I mean, tickets were gone instantly, and the the markup on them was like even for so it's it's a traveling show at this point, not with any of the original cast, and the cheapest ticket was still like twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. Wow, that's amazing. And I mean, people paid it. Wow, that's the that's the thing about it when it's like it has that type of pull. Still, it's it's very impressive to me. That's a, that is impressive. So yeah, I wouldn't have watched it if it hadn't been for the show, but I'm glad I did. And uh, and it's not so much the play. I would have gone seen gone to see the play mm-hmm. if I had the chance. It's more just seeing the play on TV. Yeah, that's always fair. that always throws me that's off. That's absolutely you know fair. it's kind of like when they uh, you know ABC for a while they were doing plays on TV like they did. Um, I thought it was NBC. Did, oh, like, was Sound it of NBC? Music. Yeah, Sound of Music, and they did. They were like Little Mermaid. Stuff, though. That's why I wouldn't watch them, is because I hate remakes for the sake of remakes. Oh well, anyway, they were doing that and. I couldn't watch it because I don't like watching plays on TV. I want to be there. Yeah. Because it's kind of like what you said. You get sucked into it and you kind of, you become part of the show. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate that. But, well, Hamilton, there we go. Yeah. That's, I mean, I would, de- I mean, obviously you gave it a nine. I gave it a 10. Like, yeah. we recommend it. Oh, yeah. You should definitely watch it. Try to listen to where the F word is because neither of us heard it. And if you find it, please tell us where it is. T- tell us where it is. coming to an end season one it's a good time too because the writer's strike is happening i'm glad that we haven't been canceled that's true that's been a relief to take that up with the producers make sure that uh make sure we we stay on the air (laughs) it's bailey the producer do we we have who would we lie and say the producer is like our wives (laughs) yeah because they they enable us to do this that's right Thank you for joining us on another episode. We are so glad that you're here. Some of you have been with us from the very beginning. If you're just hopping on, that's fine too. Uh, Go back and listen. But this was the first season. 
of They Didn't Ask Us, and we are going to have a lot of changes coming up for you next time. Uh, now, we do have some socials. John's going to give you those so that you can get in touch with us if you would like. We have a Facebook page. We're at uh, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Uh, you can see our bomb logo when you search for us. It does look super cool. It is pretty um, cool. I've, I'm pretty proud of that logo. I was about to say, you made it though, so it's a little like pat on the back and like, yeah, it looks pretty good. Like, that's what you say looking in a mirror. Like, yeah, you look good. <laughs> um, we have an email. Uh, if you would rather, if you would rather go that route. Uh, it is they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Um, I don't know about you. I think I have it synced to my phone now, so I still don't check it, but I have fewer excuses. Uh, if you want to leave us a voice message uh, for a chance to be featured in a future episode, you can do that on our uh, Anchor page, which is anchor.fm. Any any of those avenues, we would love to, to hear from you. Reach out, recommend something to, to look at in our normal spheres of influence. That's not the right phrase. I can't think of the right phrase. Just the normal media that we consume. Um, and Jay has has some stuff he wants to go ahead and plug too. So. Yeah, I have my Instagram. The nerd is underscore in. I've been much better about updating that. Uh, I'm typically pretty dorky and fun to follow. Like we were at TJ Maxx the other day and they had all the arrows that said which way you should go. And they look like the arrows from Pokemon Red when you would go fight no. Team Rocket. No. And it would, like, spin you around. Did you spin around? No, I didn't spin around, Come but I took on. a picture and I said, I think Team Rocket is also at TJ Maxx right now. You should have just, like, spun all the way down the aisle. I thought about it, but there were Ooh. a lot of people there. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a problem. <laughs> no, right? And then you, you've got a few mm-hmm. plugs I there. Am, uh, keeping the brand. <laughs> keeping the brand consistent. Uh, I am on Twitch... And Twitter, uh, both with the uh, with the handle of uh, jmuller8332. So again, just with the warning, the Twitter is going to be pretty family friendly, uh, but the Twitch is not. So know that on the front end. Just a heads up. Just I think I have the mature content warning on there. Perfect. So before you hit it, you have to be like this. This you know broadcaster thinks that this is mature content. Do you still want to watch this? And then you can click no, and I'll be sad, but I'll understand. Yes. Well, thank you for the warning. Now, it is worth it to go ahead and reach out to us. We actually had two people reach out to us recently. We had an email the other day. I didn't see. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I looked at it, and then I deleted it already because oh. I read it, and then I was like, okay, good. But it was somebody reaching out to us saying, hey, you didn't mention Wishbone from our 90s cartoon era. It wasn't a cartoon. Well, that's what I said. I said, well, the only problem is is that that's not a cartoon, and that's probably why we didn't include it. However, that is a very good suggestion. I loved Wishbone. I did, too. It was Wishbone, another PBS show. Wishbone is why like, I have an approximate knowledge of so many classic works of literature. Me, too. Again, approximate knowledge, because like, I'm not going to say I know the Iliad, because I watched this Jack Russell do it. But right. I know it's it's like I told somebody at work today. It was like I know just enough to be dangerous. Like, yeah, I would take those accelerated reader tests off of what I watched Wishbone do. I would fail, <laughs> but you would try. <laughs> but anyway. I would try anyway. And if you succeeded, you said thank you, Wishbone. I, I would. Now uh, we also had somebody answer our question that I posed for last time, which was what are some other 
TV shows that you grew up with that you think still hold up today? And we actually had somebody reach out and say, "So forty years. When it's did that funny. Show air? It's was that? When did that? When did Mash air? Was it like seventies or eighties? Oh gosh, why did you ask that? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I was I want to get my timing right, and I feel like it is probably like forty years old. I like which... how when you Google Mash, the first thing that comes up is mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up with mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes hold up to this day. <laughs> mash came out in 1972 had 11 seasons so it would theoretically still be going right now so mash if it started 40 years if it's so we had somebody answer uh our question on facebook and they said mash lost in space and without a doubt twilight zone but all of these couldn't be remade it's the actors that the show's special it's ironic because twilight zone did just get remade but is it good? That's the question. I'm not about to pay for CBS All Access. Are you kidding me? I watched the first episode, and I can tell you, if it's anything like the first episode, it is not any good. Lost in Space got remade, too, didn't it? Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. So the only It's one actually that, pretty good. The only one that hasn't been remade is MASH, and I... Now you've jinxed us. <laughs> I don't think you could do it. No, it'd be impossible. I don't think you could remake MASH. No. And if you did, you would... You'd have to tie in the original characters somehow, which majority or, of them are either not alive anymore or very, very old. Or you would have to change the setting. Well, you'd have to change the setting. Well, like like to, an, to a degree when it's like we're just using the same concept in a different world. Mm. So like 70s MASH and 2020s MASH would not overlap at all. I don't know. I feel like thinking about this like brings it into existence and i don't want that to happen no i don't want it so to never remake mash ever um easy decision don't do it there you go just about wraps up the show the season the season ah oh. tune in next time for well thank you very much for joining us on this episode we're so glad to have you uh share us with your friends your family everyone we love you stay safe out there but until next time hey john what's that thing called at the end of a season where they just kind of leave you hanging at the end oh they're so unsatisfying yes um oh ah keeps you wanting more it's a oh it's a cliffhanger Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our social media. Our newly created Facebook account, facebook.com slash theydidn'taskus. While you're there, uh, feel free to like our posts, follow our page, and share our content with your friends. We'd love to have you. Check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast.